0: Hello everybody and thank you for tuning into episode 2 of Life Beyond the Matrix. As promised, we're going to dive straight into it today and talk about the biggest conspiracy theory of all, which is the idea that there's a very powerful and small group of individuals who want to control the entire world. In this episode, I'm going to actually play five minutes of a speech that JFK made in 1961 about secret societies and how basically it was kind of warning the american people about secret societies or more more to the point uh secretive organizations i should say or hidden interests families groups and organizations who influence politics through means of blackmail and bribery and they don't have the, the best interests of the people at heart. It's really in the interest of greed and power. So a lot of people think that this is just a crazy conspiracy theory. They won't even consider it. And that's understandable because most of, most of us are rational, compassionate beings. And it's hard for us to understand why people would go to such extreme lengths to keep control or gain more control and power over people and not stop at anything to get to their end goal the entire speech that JFK made to the American Newspaper Publishers Association in 1961 is actually 18 minutes long and I really recommend that people go and listen to that and I need to say something, and I'll probably repeat myself in every episode about this when I refer people to go and do some research into something. Uh, Don't use Google. So use www.duckduckgo.com and just type in JFK Secret Society's Speech and watch the full version. So just um, if you want to do a little experiment, just open up Google and then open up DuckDuckGo and type in the same thing and just see the difference that comes up so if you go to google you're probably just going to get some uh, mainstream media media articles which could be entirely unrelated or if you're going deeper down the rabbit hole and you want to find out about certain things you'll probably get some really shoddily debunked or debunking articles about whatever thing that you're looking up so yeah uh, in relation to this kind of stuff if you want to find out the truth about things stop using google after we listen to the JFK speech I'm going to highlight a few things that he said and then I'm actually going to go into a little bit of history modern history about China it's stuff that's happened in the in the last century that we don't really know about uh, about Chairman Mao and his relation with One secret society in particular, the Skull and Bones Society, which is founded through the Yale University. And uh, the Bushes were all members of the Skull and Bones Society. So we're going to go deep into that and listen to JFK's speech, hear his warning, and then I'm going to give you an exact example about what he's talking about and about how the events that happened in China is exactly what people need to be concerned about. It could happen again in any country. So here's the speech that JFK made on the 27th of April 1961, two and a half years before his assassination in
1: 1963. Ladies and gentlemen, the very word secrecy is repugnant in a free and open society. And we are, as a people, inherently and historically opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths, and to secret proceedings. We decided long ago that the dangers of excessive and unwarranted concealment of pertinent facts far outweighed the dangers which are cited to justify it. Even today, there is little value in opposing the threat of a closed society by imitating its arbitrary restrictions. Even today, There is little value in ensuring the survival of our nation if our traditions do not survive with it. And there is very grave danger that an announced need for increased security will be seized upon by those anxious to expand its meaning to the very limits of official censorship and concealment. That I do not intend to permit to the extent that it is in my control. And no official of my administration, whether his rank is high or low, civilian or military, should interpret my words here tonight as an excuse to censor the news, to stifle dissent, to cover up our mistakes, or to withhold from the press and the public the facts they deserve to know. For we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy That relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence on infiltration instead of invasion on subversion instead of elections on intimidation instead of free choice on guerrillas by night instead of armies by day it is a system which has conscripted vast human and material resources into the building of a tightly knit highly efficient machine that combines military, diplomatic, intelligence, economic, scientific, and political operations. Its preparations are concealed, not published. Its mistakes are buried, not headlined. Its dissenters are silenced, not praised. No expenditure is questioned. No rumor is printed. No secret is revealed. No president should fear public scrutiny Without criticism, no administration and no country can succeed, and no republic can survive. That is why the Athenian lawmaker Solon decreed a crime for any citizen to shrink from controversy. And that is why our press was protected by the First Amendment, the only business in America specifically protected by the Constitution, not primarily to amuse and entertain not to emphasize the trivial and the sentimental, not to simply give the public what it wants, but to inform, to arouse, to reflect, to state our dangers and our opportunities, to indicate our crises and our choices, to lead, mold, educate, and sometimes even anger public opinion. This means greater coverage and analysis of international news, For it is no longer far away and foreign, but close at hand and local. It means greater attention to improved understanding of the news as well as improved transmission. And it means finally that government at all levels must meet its obligation to provide you with the fullest possible information outside the narrowest limits of national security. And so it is to the printing press To the recorder of man's deeds, the keeper of his conscience, the courier of his news, that we look for strength and assistance, confident that with your help, man will be what he was born to be, free and independent.
0: It's so powerful and I'd even go as far as to say that it's the most important speech that's been made by any political leader in known history most mainstream sources will have you believe that he was talking about the Russians but uh he definitely wasn't just referring to the Russians although the soviet union did experience the wrath of communism he was pretty much pl- making and um, imploring people who worked in the media to maintain their integrity because the first line of defense in a free and informed society which when free and informed i believe the majority will always make the right choice the first line of defense is the information so when the information is distorted people can't make the right choice i probably could dedicate an entire episode to that speech and analyzing everything he said but let's move on to the next thing uh we're going to talk about an example in our history which most people don't know about of exactly how these powers that be can completely destroy an entire civilization and it's amazing uh we all know about Hitler and about the crimes against humanity that he inflicted uh but most people don't even know who Chairman Mao is let alone the things that he did so Hitler I think uh Roughly it's unknown the exact numbers But it's estimated that The holocaust uh, Led to the deaths of around 16 million people or more Uh, Chairman Mao caused the death of 70 million people in The revolution and afterwards In the resulting famine it was about 30 million so it's really amazing that we're not taught about this in school and we'll get into why that is we've just been discussing what happened in the states in 1961 so now we're going to not only travel to the other side of the world but we're going to go back in time so let's go back in time to 1903 so in 1903 in china that is the year that Yale University set up its first schools and hospitals around China uh, Called Yale in China Now let's just look over the last century of China from since 1903 So uh, in the 1800s China had undergone a huge change And this is a really interesting topic um, And I really recommend that people go and check out a YouTube channel by a youtuber called really graceful it's just one word and check out her video which is titled what the media won't tell you about china and she really goes into the history of china and how their dynasty fell due to western interests importing opium um she goes into detail about the opium wars so they basically um caused a massive upheaval which led to the complete fall of an empire in china and it was around 1903 china was uh basically led by a lot of kind of warring clans so here's the big boom and the big red pill where it gets deep uh who were the people who imported opium into china in the 1800s and directly caused the complete destruction of their civilization it was uh among others the rothschilds and the rockefellers so they grew opium in india and snuck it in smuggled it into china uh and caused a massive opiate opiate addiction problem Um, at the time China actually didn't allow foreign merchants in Um, they possibly were aware of this kind of threat but it ended up happening and enough people got uh, hooked on opium and it resulted in a lot of wars and a lot of conflicts the Chinese government uh, well I wouldn't say government but powers at the time burned the opium but it didn't work and it caused basically a massive uh downfall of the civilization that had existed for thousands of years. So in 1903 uh the ancient ways of China had fallen and there was a lot of conflict and a lot of western companies had set up shop in China and the biggest trade house in China at the time was the Russell Russell Company. And it was founded by Samuel Russell, who is the cousin of William Russell, who was the founder of the Skull and Bones Society. So Yale is the known home of the Skull and Bones Society. We all know that the Bushes were members of the Skull and Bones Society, as well as a lot of influential politicians, judges uh, and diplomats in uh, American politics. So Yale in China uh set up 200 schools and hospitals around China and they began a an information campaign which at the time they called the enlightenment so they basically wanted to indoctrinate Chinese youth with a new set of beliefs and the infamous Mao Zedong who later became known as Chairman Mao uh was one of the students and there's something else that I'd like to direct people to and again using DuckDuckGo, uh, there's an excellent article which you can read and um, just type in Mao was a Yale man and you'll come to a an article on a website called MyGen, M-Y-G-E-N and it's called Mao was a Yaley with skull and bones and it's... A really interesting document and i would actually recommend people to print this out because what we're experiencing right now is a kind of a modern day book burning we're seeing a lot of things just disappearing off the interwebs and this is a really good document and it has citations for everything that's said so it goes into detail and this is where i've got a lot of the information i'm talking about right now from um, so go and check that out i need um, i will always quote uh the sources where i get most of my information from basically what happened in china uh during mao's rise of power a lot of you youths young people were brainwashed through what was mao's little red book And it happened through the education system. Um, It was allowed to happen because the society was in a state of disarray. Uh, These young people perhaps thought that they were doing something good for their future. They were brainwashed into thinking that the wealthy people in the society was the, the cause of all their problems. So it basically led to the murder of... 70 million Chinese people and the first people to go down and this is something else that I think is really important to address because a lot of people talk about uh this whole it's the one percent against the 99 percent and that's that's not a helpful narrative at all because um the one percent is not the enemy of the 99 percent the uh the problematic portion of our civilization is actually closer to about 0.0001 percent in China in the rise the rise of communism it was the one percent that were the first to go down so they firstly attacked all the wealthy landowners the farm owners and they took all the property they killed they basically just murdered anyone who owned a lot of property, uh, highly educated and wealthy people. They killed them and they took the farms over. So at the time people think, oh, this is, you know, this is what what people might refer to as socialism or communism these days. And I feel like, okay, so the real reason... That I want to bring awareness to this topic is because I've seen an incredibly disturbing trend on social media, particularly among young people, pushing, literally pushing the idea of communism, that that's got to be the answer to all of our problems and Our society definitely has a lot of problems, especially in the US um, and across the world, in the free world. But to completely destroy your society, you really need to think about what you're doing, who's pushing for this to happen and look beyond. Because you will find that what's happening now, especially in the States, the same people that are pushing these young people to destroy their own country are the exact same people that caused the complete um the the bloodshed that happened in China during the reign of Chairman Mao. It's no conspiracy that Mao was a Yale student in China. there's pictures of him with uh, members of the Rockefeller family. Uh, His little red book is rumoured to have been written by a man called Israel Epstein and hey, I don't know if it's any relation to another Epstein who we all know did not kill himself. Um, I haven't looked into it and I probably won't spend a lot of time looking into it, but hey, if anyone feels inclined to uh, go sleuthing down that rabbit hole, uh, let me know if you find anything notable. I have to add this, if people really want to get a full-on first-hand account of what it was like for people during the rise of Chairman Mao, I would highly recommend reading a book called Mao's Last Dancer. It's a true story by a man named Lee Kun-sin. He ended up becoming one of the world's most famous ballet dancers and I believe he still lives in Australia today. It's such it's not only um, an incredibly inspiring and motivating story but it's it's very eye-opening and I think we really need to have um, a better perspective about what other people in other countries experience in their lives so that we can be aware if this kind of thing starts to rise up in our own society Lee Kuan Sin was a little boy um, when Mao came into power so he experienced life before Mao and after Mao and it's, he even met Chairman Mao it's, it's, it's an amazing story and I would really recommend that people should read it so back to Chairman Mao, um, basically he cr- caused the biggest genocide of modern history and this is stuff that's happened in the last century. It resulted in 70 million deaths and then afterwards, um, basically when these people thought that they were going to live a more prosperous life because they'd taken the farms off the wealthy people. they they subsequently experienced a famine which resulted in another 30 million deaths and i'm not going to delve much deeper into this really what i want to do is plant some seeds of curiosity and i hope people can go and um look this stuff up for themselves and i'd like to see people start having these conversations um i'm really not the kind of person who watches a lot of tv shows uh if you're my friend in real life this is literally the kind of stuff that I talk about and I don't think there's anything wrong with that and I would like to see these kind of conversations happen more often in day-to-day life because once people realize that true history is so much more um fascinating but also important than your favorite tv shows I think we might see a trend towards this if there's one undebatable fact, it's that Chairman Mao would not have come into power without the help of Yale and China. And it's also not a coincidence that... Uh, The first George Bush, George Bush Senior, was the first person to bridge the trade gap between China. This is pretty deep stuff. So if you want to really think about it, imagine if Hitler was not defeated in the war and then uh, your American president went and made trade deals with him. This is pretty much the same kind of thing. So the question is, why aren't we warned about the kind of events that led to the genocide of China in the 1950s? Why is this not in the history books? And why did George Bush pretty much praise Chairman Mao? I think I'll leave it at that today I could go on for hours I've got so much more to say about this but um, I need to draw a line so I'll leave it at that and I, th- I hope that I've planted some seeds of curiosity and um, encouraged people to go and look into this a little bit further because history is not only really interesting but really important especially when you learn that we really haven't been taught the truth about history and the real question is why this episode has been a bit of a somber one and for the next episode we're going to have a little bit of fun and i plan to go into detail about my ufo sightings and it's something that's again come into the mainstream narrative and i think it's going to be a very um commonly discussed topic in times to come and i feel like i want to just be really opened and share share my experiences but not just that i'm going to go a little bit deeper and share some sort of um, coincidental or synchronistic events that happened around my sightings because there's definitely a lot more to this phenomena Uh, you know people seeing UFOs or having contact experiences than what many will even begin to believe so it's definitely going to be a fun one for the next time and I hope you'll all tune in and uh, until then um, wise up stand up and speak up peace